It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 13th, 2019. My name is Phil Prosman Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll break down our initial thoughts on the Orlando Magic's 2019-2020 schedule as the schedule is out now. We have our map, our roadmap back to the playoffs set in stone and we'll uh, break down uh, some of the uh, interesting things that I noticed uh, in my first look at the schedule. We'll break down different segments of the schedule on a future episode of Locked on Magic, but today we're just going to get our initial thoughts down on paper and why the start of the schedule, the one part we will focus on, is going to be so vital to Orlando and, and could be the difference between a really special season, a really bad season, or kind of much of the same. We'll talk about all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you would find here on Locked On Magic. If you want the lowdown on any team schedule, whether it's the Lakers, the Pelicans, the Raptors, the Knicks, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Rockets, whoever, check out the Locked On Podcast. I just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. There's a podcast for every single team in the NBA, plus Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We also have NFL, NFL podcasts, college podcasts, and baseball podcasts too. And with the NFL season now just around the corner, now's the time to get yourself set for your fantasy football season with Locked On Fantasy Football. Make sure you're listening to Vinny Iyer and the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. They will give you the edge with more with more than 20 years covering fantasy football from Vinny himself. Don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else, because if you do, you're not going to have an advantage. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Locked On Fantasy Football is your source for fantasy football coverage. Check it out wherever you download podcasts as well as the rest of the podcast, Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, it's your team every day. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The Orlando Magic will open their 2019-2020 season at home against the Cleveland Cavaliers on October 23rd. It is the beginning of this 82-game odyssey. The joke going around, of course, is sources tell me that Magic will play 82 games. They will play 82 games. It is the beginning of this 82-game odyssey through this whole crazy season. And as we saw last year, there are a lot of ups and downs to the season. There are, it is truly a winding road and it is impossible to predict. We can sit here and say on paper the Magic look like a playoff team. We can sit here and say... You know, this team will do this, that, or the other thing. But the fact of the matter is, we do not know. And so it's still a little hard to say, oh, this is a really tough stretch in the schedule. This is a really easy stretch in the schedule because the quality of the competition isn't clear yet. But like, what I always like to do when a schedule comes out is I do look for certain things. I look for the long road trips. I look for the long homestands. And the Magic do have some favorable portions of the schedule. We'll talk about the early part of the schedule here. But suffice it to say, nine of the Magic's first 13 games are at home at the Amway Center. That is a a stretch that has a lot of potential. That includes their longest homestand of the season, a five-game homestand from November 8th to November 17th, Memphis, Indiana, Philadelphia, San Antonio, Washington. I would say that outside of Philadelphia... And maybe San Antonio. I honestly put the Magic in the same category as San Antonio. Those are all games that they should feel comfortable and confident that they can win. Of course, none of that is really what matters. But we look at as well is the West Coast trips. And Orlando has some doozies in this thing. We're going to go right into the schedule here. Their first West Coast trip is December 15th through the 20th at New Orleans, at Utah, at Denver, at Portland. There are no easy West Coast games. New Orleans being the easiest of that group on paper. Who knows what they'll really be like. They've they've got a nice mix of veterans with Zion Williamson and Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Jackson Hayes. Uh, But it'll be interesting to see how that team comes together. I I don't quite know what to make of them quite yet. Their second road trip, their second West Coast road trip is a true doozy though. And as part of a January that is going to prove to be very, very difficult. The Magic's home games in January, they have seven home games in January. Miami, Utah, Brooklyn, Washington. Utah and Brooklyn, the toughest of those two probably. They go on that long West Coast trip, which I'll talk about here in a minute. Then Oklahoma City, Boston, the LA Clippers. The LA Clippers make their only trip to the Amway Center on January 26th. That is a Sunday. And of course, Boston on the 24th. Should also be noted while I'm thinking about it here. December 11th, the Magic face the Los Angeles Lakers at home, then play the Houston Rockets on December 13th. That leads in to that long West Coast trip, or that first West Coast trip 
at New Orleans on December 15th, at Utah, at Denver, at Portland. So not an easy stretch there in December. December and January look like the toughest months for this team. But that January West Coast road trip sees them go through California, at Phoenix, at Sacramento, back-to-back at the Lakers, at the Clippers on January 15th and 16th, at Golden State, and then in what I think is a particularly cruel twist of the schedule, they play at Golden State January 18th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, so a little bit of an early start, then travel across the country to play on January 20th, which I believe is Martin Luther King Day, at Charlotte at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Not an easy go there. And typically, I would venture to guess that that Charlotte game is something of a schedule loss just because of the the trip. But Charlotte is looking like they might be the worst team in the league. They'll they'll certainly be among the worst teams in the league, and that is a game you absolutely cannot drop. No one will ever use excuses here. And this is a game that you're going to have to try and find a way to scratch out. That is not an easy road trip. And then, like I said, you come home to Oklahoma City, who probably won't be that good this year, and, and you would think by January maybe... Chris Paul's not playing as much. Who knows? Boston, LA Clippers on January 24th and 26th. To me, December and January are the two toughest months for the Orlando Magic, uh, just, just because of those long road trips and the quality of the opponents that they're playing. Like I said, the Lakers come to town in Dece- December 11th. Houston comes to town December 13th. Uh, Utah in town January 4th. Uh, You got the West Coast trip, and then, of course, Boston and the LA Clippers in late January. So, Orlando's going to have a tough go of it then. But we saw it was at the end of January, on January 31st to be precise, when the Magic really started to turn things around, going 22-9 in the final stretch of the season. And, of course, the Magic don't have that West Coast trip anymore. After January, you know, right right before the trade deadline, the Magic do not go far west. In fact, Orlando will only play four games on the road against Western Conference opponents after January 31st. That would be at San Antonio, February 29th. At Minnesota, March 6th. At Houston, March 8th. At Memphis, March 10th. And that is the tail end of an interesting little road trip that starts at Miami on March 4th in the Magic's only nationally televised game on ESPN against the Miami Heat. Now, again, like I said, no stretch of the schedule is relatively easy. But I would say this. Like the end of last season. Like the end of last season. The Magic will have a home-heavy march. Coming out of the All-Star break. They'll have a home-heavy stretch of the schedule. They'll have some interesting games. at Versus Dallas coming out of the All-Star break. At Brooklyn on, Mar- on February 24th. But then at Atlanta... Minnesota's a team that's on even keel with them. At San Antonio, Portland at home. Then they go on that road trip. And then, sort of like last year, in mid-March, that schedule does, looks very, very manageable with a ton of home games. In fact, from March 12th through April 1st, Orlando will play just two road games. And in fact, they'll have one, two, three, four, five, six, eight of their 10 games from March 12th to April 1st, are at home. So again, like last year when the Magic had a lot of home games, 
uh, and against seemingly manageable teams. And, and in this in that stretch, they'll play Charlotte at home. They'll play Cleveland at home. They'll play uh, New Orleans at home. They'll play Charlotte again at home. They'll get Charlotte twice at home late in the season. Those are opportunities to build wins. Now, I've, I've said this repeatedly. You can't count or bank on anything, especially now that we're just looking at things on paper. We don't know how things will look. Who knows? Maybe Terry Rozier is a superstar in the wait in the waiting. I, I don't think he is. But I would say this. The schedule, the way it's set up for the Magic, both the very beginning, which I'll talk about here in a minute, and the very end, including even their final stretch, which does see them go on the road for five of their final seven games, including two games against Boston, a game at Philadelphia, and then Indiana-Chicago and closing out April 15th at home against Toronto. You know, I, I don't know what to think of Toronto quite yet. The schedule sets up very similarly to the way it ended last year. In that, I think the Magic can get hot. They can peak at the right time. They can pick up some wins. And if they need to, they can use that as kind of momentum to get themselves into the playoffs. My initial thought, just looking at the schedule, just the Magic schedule in isolation, there's some other elements involved in this. My initial thought is this schedule is set up for the Magic to make the playoffs. It is a favorable schedule for them. December and January will be tough. But Orlando can manage the early part of the schedule. They can pick up wins in March. And they can use that momentum to get themselves into the postseason. Now, there's a few stats out there that the Magic will play the most rest-disadvantaged games of any team in the league. That doesn't mean that they will be the least rested team in the league. It just means the way the schedule worked out, they will play more games against opponents that have more rest than them entering that game than any other team in the league. That happens. But this team can certainly manage it all. And I would say this too. If you truly are a playoff team, you don't have excuses. You find a way to win games. You find a way to get the job done. And that's what the Magic did last year. When they went 22-9, it did not matter who they were playing. They beat Golden State. They beat Toronto. They beat Milwaukee without, without Giannis, but... They beat some very good teams. They lost to some teams they shouldn't have lost to down the stretch of the season. And so you can't really predict anything at this point. But just looking at the home road splits, just looking at how the schedule shakes out, I do think there is a clear path forward for this team. Even if they play just as they did last year, there is a clear path forward for this team to stumble a little bit and still pick themselves up. But it's going to have to start from the very beginning, which we'll talk about here in just a moment. A few final schedule notes that I do want to point out. Again, just the one nationally televised game that is March 4th at Miami. Um, I don't think we were expecting the Magic to be on national TV a lot, even though they made the playoffs last year. Uh, this is still a team that lacks star power. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe Aaron Gordon makes a leap. Maybe um, maybe he plays. Uh, maybe he goes into the dunk contest and wows everyone. That gets them on national TV a little bit more, especially if they're in the playoff race. Um, 
it's it's just not a team that's going to draw a lot of eyeballs. And and so I didn't expect the Magic to be on national TV more than maybe two, maybe three times. Um, but to get one again, just like they did last year, at least it isn't the last game of the season. But to get one, and, and frankly, my disappointment is always that they don't get one at home. Um, I one of my if I were czar, if I were commissioner of the NBA, um, one of the first things I would do is make sure that every single team in the league gets one home national television game. I don't care how bad they are. Um, I don't care what they're projected to be. I want at least one game to showcase every fan base in the league. Uh, and that's just that's just my kind of pet peeve. And it's, you know, pet peeve that's that, that's kind of grown out of being a Magic fan. And, you know, I, I kind of say this a lot. Magic fans do have a little bit of an inferiority complex. We, we do want people to pay attention to us. Um, and, and I think that's why this stuff kind of matters to us. Um, but I, I do I do wish that the Magic would get a home national television game. I think excluding the playoffs, the Magic have not had a home national television game since LeBron's second year in Miami. If someone, if I'm wrong on that, please correct me. But if I'm not mistaken, the last time the Magic were on national TV was in 20 and 2013 or 2014 uh when LeBron went for 57 on Earl Clark and that game was actually added to national TV because the Heat were on that on that crazy win streak that they were on that year. Uh the Magic the Amway Center just hasn't been on national TV at all and of course the rebuild had a lot to do that but but I think that this Magic fan base with the way they showed up in the playoffs and and everything, you know, I think they deserve a big game. I think they deserve this, you know, kind of big game feeling. And, you know, it, it's it seems small. I, I really do think it seems small. And it, it's irrelevant to the team, of course. It's all for the fans. But it seems small. But when a game is on national TV, it does feel a bit bigger. Um, and, and I would say that, you know, even in the Dwight years when national TV appearances were regular... The games that were on national TV, whether it was ESPN and especially TNT, TNT games feel bigger. There's just a different buzz in the building. And I do think that, you know, I, I honestly, honestly, I believe every team should should feel that buzz. And, and it should be a showcase game for every team in, in the league. There should be one game where you showcase your team to the world. And the Magic don't get that, which I think is unfortunate, especially because they are a playoff team. And, and I think they will be a playoff team again this year. Spoiler alert. Um, and uh, and, and I, I wish that, you know, Magic fans would get their opportunity to show the rest of the league what this franchise and what this organization and what this culture, what the Magic above all culture is all about. And so, you know, I, that part disappoints me. I'm not disappointed necessarily in the number of national TV games. I didn't expect more than two. I'm just disappointed that that, that game isn't at the Amway Center. But... The best way to get on national TV is to earn it. If the Magic win games, if the Magic are in the playoff hunt, if the Magic are fighting for a top seed, the national TV partners will recognize that they'll get moved into a few games, and so Orlando's got to earn that uh, that part too. Another little note and nugget that I think should be mentioned as well, uh, the Orlando Magic will play only 11 back-to-backs this year. If I'm not mistaken, that is the fewest back-to-backs that the Magic have played at least in 20-some-odd years, if not in the franchise's history. The NBA has continued to do a very good job uh, limiting and lowering the number of back-to-backs as well as uh, kind of four and five days. They've almost, com- they've almost completely eliminated the four games in five days uh, phenomenon. 
Uh, so it's good to see that there will be fewer back-to-backs this year. It's easier on me as a writer uh, and, and commentator. Um, but it, it's good to see that the, that they've reduced those back-to-backs. They've increased the rest days. And like I said, the Magic will play the most games with a rest disadvantage from their opponents. That does not mean they are less rested. It, it just means that the teams that they're facing may have will have more rest than they had entering the game more often, you know, more than, than any other team. Um, but I think the, the differences between the teams on that front are relatively small, and so it's not a big deal. And another nugget that I saw that I was that I thought was really interesting is Orlando is not traveling the most of any team in the league this year. Um, typically, typically Orlando, Miami, Portland are kind of the three teams that travel the most, just, just raw miles. Um, and, and I saw a graph that had Orlando like, like in seven, eight, nine, or ten somewhere in there. So they're going to get a lot. They're, they're going to get a lot less travel miles than, than I think they usually do uh, in, in in an NBA schedule, which I think can be beneficial as well. But like I've said, like I've kind of alluded to here, uh, I do think that there's an opportunity and there's a path forward with this schedule for the Magic to make the playoffs and perhaps make a little bit more noise. And it's all about the start to their season. It's all about those first 11 games, those first 13 games for this team. And I'll explain to you why I think the Magic are in great position right now to make a huge step forward this year, just based on that. But before we get there, of course, um, I do want to remind you all to check out the new Locked On NFL. The NFL season is around the corner. We're getting set for week two of the preseason and Locked On NFL is producing some of the best episodes that they've produced uh, ever. With the new NFL season, obviously a lot of people are listening. It's one of the most listened to, but Locked On NFL is one of the most listened to NFL shows in all of the, I guess, the iTunes uh, catalog. With the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock, Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. Remember the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, your team every day. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Orlando Magic's first 13 games, I'm going to run through them, all of them right here. October 23rd, they'll open the season, of course, at the Amway Center against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Pretty manageable game. You know, Cleveland's got some interesting young talent. Um, really poor defensively last year. Played better when with Kevin Love in the lineup. And I'm always a little leery of playing the teams that on paper look really bad early in the season because that's when they surprise people. Remember, um, in Orlando's first year of the rebuild, they went 2-0. They won their first two games. They beat Denver and Brooklyn uh, in back-to-back games and, and kind of built some excitement. And, you know, you can build a little bit of excitement that way. Um, but Cleveland, pretty manageable game. Uh, you know, I would say I think that's a good one for the Magic to get started started on. Um, October 26th, they'll head to Atlanta. October 28th at Toronto. Atlanta's an improving young team. I think this is not the t- that this would not be the time to pick up pick on Atlanta. But uh, you know, a, a good test in Toronto, of course, a potential playoff, certainly a playoff, probably a playoff team still. 
um, defending champions uh, up in their building. It's obvi- Orlando obviously knows that that's, that's not an easy place to play. October 30th, they'll come home to face the New York Knicks. Then a tough back-to-back to start November. November 1st versus Milwaukee. Giannis Antetokounmpo makes one of two trips to the Amway Center. And I should note as well uh, from the previous segment, the Magic will play the, uh, let me make sure I get this, this right, play the Chicago Bulls, the Detroit Pistons, the New York Knicks, and the Philadelphia 76ers three times this year. I think that's a decent mix. The Sixers, obviously, beneficial to only play them three times. They're going to be pretty good. Not good to see the Knicks only three times, um, but Chicago and Detroit, two teams that you know are kind of in the middle of the East. Detroit probably right neck and neck with the Magic. Chicago maybe a step or step below them. Um, so those are the teams that the Magic will play three times within the Eastern Conference. They'll play Milwaukee four times. Milwaukee will make two trips to the Amway Center. November 1st versus Milwaukee. November 2nd in a home back-to-back versus Denver. That is a tough back-to-back. That is Those will be the two first real challenges of the season at home. Then Orlando goes November 5th at Oklahoma City, November 6th at Dallas. So quick trip to the Midwest, uh, to the Southwest, I guess, I guess, um, but uh, a manageable one at that. Then comes the longest homestand of the season. November 8th versus Memphis. November 10th versus Indiana. November 13th, the Philadelphia 76ers come to town. November 15th versus San Antonio, and November 17th versus Washington. I would say Philadelphia the toughest of that group, but all of those games feel very manageable. In all then, in all, of those first 13 games, of which nine are at home, the Magic will play Toronto, Milwaukee, Denver, Oklahoma City, Indiana, Philadelphia, San Antonio. Seven of those first 13 games are against teams that made the playoffs last year. Oklahoma City is not expected to make the playoffs this year, I would say. So, tick them off. That gets you down to six. Milwaukee, Denver, and Philadelphia are true title contenders, so you get three of those first 13 against elite competition. But the rest of it should be against teams the Magic should feel pretty comfortable against should be at their level. Orlando, if they have designs of doing anything special this year, should feel like Toronto is at their level without Kawhi Leonard. They should feel like Indiana is at their level. And I, I think Indiana is poised to take a step back this year with, with Victor Oladipo's uh, health uh, uncertain. They should feel like San Antonio is at their level. It's not to say I'm counting these as wins. These are To me, these are toss-up games because these are teams of equal quality. And it is here that I think the Magic have the advantage. In an offseason that saw so much turmoil and so much change, the Orlando Magic opted to keep the same roster. They opted to keep the same mix of guys that that led them to the playoffs last year, that went 22-9 and was one of the best teams in the league over the final half of the season. It's not to say the Magic will repeat that success again or for, you know, for an 82-game season. But the reality is that team is in there. That team knows each other very well. They know the coaching staff very well. And even with improvements to, player, to, to players, you know, perhaps some shifting of some roles, it feels very much like Orlando could be a team that hits the ground running. 
it, it very much feels like Orlando could be a team that is a step ahead of everybody because of that continuity, because of that familiarity. And so I would say looking at the schedule and, and looking at how you know relatively favorable this stretch is, some challenges for sure, but 9 of 13 at home to start the season, my first thought is Orlando can make a statement very early on. Not only is the schedule set up for them to do so, the team is set up to do so. There's no getting to know you phase for this Orlando Magic. Sure, they'll be reintegrating Mo Bamba into the lineup. Sure, Markel Fultz might be pushing for some minutes as a backup point guard. Al Aminu's also got to get up to speed. It's not like they're going to start without some guys at scratch. Every season's different. Every dynamic's different. You can't count on the same things happening over and over again. But that familiarity will help shorten that learning curve. It will help the Magic get into things quicker in camp and get to their next phase and get back into rhythm quicker because they know what each other's going to do and what each other's responsibilities are. And I think that's an edge. I think that gives Orlando an advantage over a lot of these teams, especially in the Eastern Conference where we saw so much change. Playing Philadelphia November 13th, that's about the time the Magic played Philadelphia last year when they acquired Jimmy Butler. And you could see, even in that game, that you know they threw Butler out there, he wasn't quite ready and in sync with his teammates. If you're going to pick off one of these elite teams, and, and I would say Philadelphia is a potential finals team, you do it early. You know, Milwaukee's bringing back a lot of the same roster. Denver brought back a lot of the same roster. You know, if you could steal one of those games, you might have something. So in these first 13 games, what I'm curious and what I'm interested in is what kind of start do the Magic get off to? If they look like the same team they were last year, they could be sitting at 9-4, and four, even 8-5. and five and bank some wins, and bank some confidence to hit the more difficult part of the schedule in December and January. And even toward the end of November when they, when they go on a little road trip to the, to the, Midwest, to the uh, central area. Toronto, Indiana, Detroit, Cleveland. I think that this first 13 games is a potential confidence booster for this team. A tone setter for the rest of the season. A poor start here, even 7-6. and six. Being under 500 through these first 13 games, I think it's going to leave the Magic with a lot of work to do. Not that they can't recover from it. They could certainly recover from it. They did last year. But I think it's going to leave them work to do. If the goal for Orlando is to compete for home court advantage, to do something more than be one of those kind of middling seeds or those lower lower tier seeds, in the playoffs, it's got to start from game one. It's got to start from these first 13 games. Like I said, I think Orlando has the tools to do it. Bringing back much of the same roster, they will have a leg up on a lot of teams. They'll be able to get right back into work. And it seems like everyone on this roster and everyone on this team is ready to go to work and eager to get going with the season. 
this early part of the schedule is only going to help them. And if they can succeed and zoom to the front of the line here, not only will that give them some margin for error later if, if when things inevitably kind of start to peter out a little bit, but it will give them confidence to keep up that momentum moving forward for those tougher parts of the schedule, especially if they can pick off a win against a more elite team. I see these first 13 games as a huge opportunity, as a huge statement opportunity. You want to be the surprise team in the league, the team that maybe makes a leap before everyone was expecting? This is your opportunity. This is your chance to be at the front of the pack. Not to be chasing, but to be leading. It's a, sp- it's a marathon, not a sprint, so you still have to do your work. The game is far from over in late November, around Thanksgiving. Far from over. But it is an opportunity to set a strong tone for this this season. Now, I started this by saying Steve Clifford is not someone that's going to look at a stretch of the schedule and say this, this stretch is easier or more manageable. His job is to focus on each individual game. And, and I would imagine to, to Steve Clifford, what the schedule really means to him is beginning to have his staff or beginning to have the basketball operations staff organize where they'll be, how they'll travel, where they'll stay, and then setting out the practice schedule. I, I do believe that a lot of coaches set out their practice schedule before the season begins or have an idea of what their practice schedule could be before the season begins. That's, that's really what the schedule, I think, means to a guy like Steve Clifford. His focus is going to be on getting them ready for the first day of training camp. And then each day of training camp after that, heading into that first game against Cleveland. But it is impossible for me and, and for us fans and for, for some of us, I think, to sit here and not see this opportunity. That Orlando is poised. If they approach things the right way, if they bring the intensity from the very start of the season, is poised to set the pace for the Eastern Conference. Maybe not the whole conference, but set the pace for themselves and race ahead a little bit. Which is something I think they absolutely have to do. With December and January looming and and how difficult those schedules seem, and I think the Magic can manage them. I think they can get by being 500 for a little while. That's that's the beauty of being a 500 team. You can have a bad bad month if you make it up with a good one. This has got to be their good month. November's got to be their month. And it'll be interesting to see if they can truly take advantage of that. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Go follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr_omd, And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Be sure to follow us on Orlando Magic Daily at Omagic Daily on Twitter all week. We're beginning our poll to find the most underappreciated players 
in Magic history. We'll be ranking them. I am looking for fan input, so we will post them in a poll uh, and, and, and kind of fine-tune our list, and we'll have an article discussing that coming up later on this month. So be on the lookout at Omagic Daily uh, for those poll results. And, and I do want to hear uh, from you guys. I do want, when you, when you vote on the poll, leave a comment on why the player you voted for is underappreciated by Magic fans for whatever reason. It's whatever you want it to be. So be on the lookout for that. We'll have more discussion about the schedule in the upcoming season coming up on future episodes of Locked on Magic. But for now, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.